Bruce Cook is honored to have you join his conversations with people committed to talking with heart and brain functions in full operating gear. No spin, no agenda, just authentic conversation on just about anything. Welcome to the Bruce Cook Conversation. Open call-in on the Israeli-Hamas war, followed by financial analyst Ivan Elon on the economic impact of global chaos on the American household pocketbook. The Bruce Cook Conversation with your host, Bruce Cook. Trending now, here's your host, Bruce Cook. Brought to you by the Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute at home. It's Sunday night, ladies and gentlemen. It's Bruce Cook here talking. So good to have you with me on the air for the next hour. It's been a beautiful weekend in Southern California. Incredible, incredibly lucky to live in such a beautiful place. With that positive note, we're going to get serious a little bit tonight. We're going to get down and dirty, if you don't mind my saying so, because there's so much that we need to talk about tonight on the radio. And I'm going to do something that I don't normally do, but I'm going to start doing it more often. Normally, I have an important guest to share with, but tonight, we're going to open the phone lines right at the top of the show. And I'm going to give you that number right now. Most of you know it that are Angels radio fans. You know the number. But I want to give it to you again because you're not used to calling me. And the conversation, the Bruce Cook conversation tonight, is going to be between me and you. 714-283-830. Can't forget that number. 714-283-830. It's the station number. What are we going to talk about? Well, the first quarter hour of our show tonight, I want to talk about you guessed it, media versus Israel slash Hamas. And I start with media because, ladies and gentlemen, in my somewhat professional opinion of paying really close attention to everything that's been going on for the last six weeks in the Middle East, I am frankly fed up with American media coverage of this situation. And I'll tell you why. The basic problem is our media does not have the facts. They do not have the information. Even when they quote numbers, which is really wrong, of how many people have been killed, how many people were killed in Israel, how many people are being killed in Palestine, they don't know what those numbers mean. And every time, every time a reporter, a pundit, an anchor starts the story at the top of our news hours, in our newspapers, on radio, they start with Israel has lost 1,400 members due to the savage attack on October 7th. And Palestine, according to the Hamas health industry, there are more than 12,000 or 14,000, the number keeps changing, of poor, innocent people. They don't necessarily say that. But the number, the comparative number, is riling up Americans. It is taking people to choose sides, which we should not be doing, especially based on media giving out information that they have no verification for. I don't know about you, but when I hear an anchor on a major network broadcast say we have no independent verification of this, I want to say, and I scream at the, at the screen, I want to say, then why are you saying it? Why? This isn't news. And how long has it been since former President Donald Trump claimed to the, to the chagrin of many journalists and many pundits of both ends of the map and both sides of the aisle that our news was fake? At first, we didn't accept it. We said, oh, he's just blowing steam like he always does. It's, he's an egotist. He's an opinion. He's a whatever. Guess what? I don't care if you like Donald Trump or you hate Donald Trump, but he was right then, and I believe it now, that our news media has gone so far off rail. And I don't care, again, if you're left or right. It isn't justified, and it isn't journalism. It is commentary disguised as news. It is gossip. It is pundits. All of this has to stop because, frankly, whether you, whether you look at the big picture or not, having 
major influence from broadcast media, and that includes social media as well, not just professional broadcast media, but all of the social media and all of the people online who are just saying things, why do you think, why do you think people are marching in the streets? Why do you think Americans are pitted against each other? Why do you think anti-Semitism has risen so dramatically as a result of all of this? It's not just pure hatred that stems from generations of misunderstanding and lack of information and knowledge. It is pure hatred based on the fact that wrong information and half information and half truths are being fed to us every single day. And it has to stop. So ladies and gentlemen, listening to radio tonight, if I haven't gone too far already, we're going further. And my first question to you listening, if you want to call in, is the media our friend? Is this wrong? Are we getting the right information? Are we getting the true picture of what's happening in Israel with Hamas? Share your opinion. And by the way, when you call, I want to know if you're pro-Israel or you're pro-Palestine. Share with me. Ladies and gentlemen, the phone lines are open and we're ready to go. I think we have our first caller. Oscar, put him on or put her on. Who is it? This is Rod. Hey, Rod, thanks for coming on the air tonight. Nice to meet you. I'm Bruce. Talk to me. Bruce, the way this thing is covered and the way it's been covered from the start is that when Hamas invaded Israel with their terrorist attack, it was covered as a war. And then when Israel started to retaliate, it was now covered as war crimes. Excellent point, Rod. And that... That kind of information, again, is making us Americans divided and crazy. Let me ask you a question. The other thing that's come out as a result of this is the so-called, all the talk about laws of war, rules of war, that Americans have to play fair and that Israel must play fair against Hamas, against the people of Palestine. Where did this come from? Did, did Americans... At the time of our founding fathers, did the Revolutionary War soldiers play fair against the British? No. Did we play fair in World War II when we dropped a bomb on Hiroshima? What is this play fair when you're being attacked by evil? Talk to me, Rod. There, there is no play fair in war anymore, and the reason that is is because warfare has changed. So, you know, back you know to back to Vietnam, Korea, World War II. You knew who the enemy was because of the uniform that they wore. Good and point. And now the, un the uniform now is a small child with a suicide bomb strapped to him or a woman with a suicide bomb strapped to him. So you don't really know who the enemy is. And when you have innocent people that are being used as shields, for the real, ter real terror and the real war that is going on, uh, there's a lot of confusion in warfare. Then why doesn't and, why do so uh, many I'm, Americans not see that? Because of the educational system. The educational system was taken over 40 years ago, and from elementary school all the way to the universities, they've taken over the, the hearts and minds of young people. When you have people out there marching for Palestine, in 1945, that means they were marching for the Nazis. That's horrible. Yeah, and, and, and these people, these, these people that are out there marching, they're, the ones that are out there marching, they don't really, I mean, when I hear from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, these people don't even know what that means. They let have me, no idea what that means. And let me ask you this. I'm telling you, you brought up the fact that women and children are being used as shields and that some of them, in fact— are strapped with bombs and and whatever. So my question to you is, why do they allow this? What has happened to the Palestinians that there is so much hate and anger? Now, I know that it stems from the fact that the state of Israel was created and they want that land, but what's going on today? That was 75 years ago. What is wrong with that country? What is wrong with their government? 
And the big question is this. When this is over, and it will be over, and there'll be a lot of recrimination and a lot of sorrow, why is it going to be any better? It's not going to be any better, because Gaza and the Palestinian people were taken over, first by the Palestinian Liberation Organization, and then they were taken over. Their whole government structure was taken over by a terrorist organization called Hamas. So these people are savages. They don't, they don't play by the same rules that anybody in the Geneva Con- Convention plays by. So then, they play by their own set of rules. So and then, they, wait a minute. So the so-called innocent people of Palestine that are being so-called used, why do they put up with it? Tell me why. I want to know why a, a mother would allow their children to be subject to this. Why would they be so convinced by the Hamas that this was the right thing that they needed to do? Fear. Fear? They're being ruled by fear. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. I I I think that it it's the fact that this this piece of land called Gaza has been poverty-stricken and one to the next to the next to the next ruler has taken advantage of the people. Years ago, we heard stories about the leaders of the liberation living in Geneva in in palatial circumstances and sucking all the money being given to them by the U.S. and wherever for for aid for the people. And, and who's to say, Rod, that all the aid that's going in now is getting to the people? It'll never get to the people as long as Hamas is in control because Hamas is hell-bent on the destruction of Israel. They don't care about the citizens, just like China. China treats their citizens as if they are a number. They don't, they don't really put a value on life. They just go through people like they go, like with COVID. They didn't care. It was just, it was a numbers game for them. They got plenty of people to keep the operation running. And if a boatload of them die, it doesn't matter. And if Hamas stays in control, they are going to continue to siphon the money, can continue to, to now rebuild their tunnels and to replenish their weapons. And the people that are going to suffer are the, the Palestinians, the innocent Palestinians that just want to live their life, just like everybody else in the world. They want, you know, they want to be able to take care of their children. They want to have health care. They want to have food. They want to have a roof over their head. And they don't want rockets falling on their heads. And- well, that is what... That is what the world voice is saying, but the world voice has ignored the fact that Hamas started this whole mess, the so-called rules of war, which they have no allegiance to or understanding of or care to, and we just put up with it here in this country. We put up with it, we allow it in the so-called free country that has become not a melting pot but an overboiling pot of hostile differences between races, religions, cultures, ethnic origins in a time when it should be changing forward in what is supposed to be a woke awakening. Explain that to me. How has that happened? It's being fueled by Iran. It's absolutely fueled by Iran because they know that all they need to do is keep whipping up support for their cause in every corner of the world. And they've got, they've got enough support, they've got enough people that will finance their cause in the United States that is going to cause worldwide disruption. Well, it's, and, and, it's working. We, it's working. It's working just fine. So what should, what should, uh, what should uh, President Biden do that he's not doing to tell Iran to back off? He should step down and put a real president in there that's got a backbone. He's not going to tell Iran to back off. He's not going to tell China to back off. He's not going to tell Russia to back off. He's going to sit there, and he's going to be a puppet for the people that are in the background that are running this thing. I mean, the the president before him, Donald Trump, would not let this happen. The president before Donald Trump, Barack Obama, had an absolute down-in-his-gut hatred for Israel period. 
and I'll guarantee you the people of his ilk are the ones that are running the show on this thing because they hate Israel as bad as Barack Obama did. Unbelievable. We got a lot to worry about, Rod. I'm I'm appreciative of all your comments tonight, and I hope the listeners are as well, regardless of where they stand. This is what talk radio is all about. Rod, thank you for calling. Hi, right, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Bruce Cook. It's time for our quarter hour break. We're taking callers. We got a lot more to discuss about Israel and Hamas, about us, the United States, how we're handling this and what we're doing to ourselves. 714-2-830-830. Call while we're on break. We'll be back in two minutes and take your call. Family Neurosciences Institute, the Hogue Epilepsy Program is accredited by the National Association of Epilepsy Centers as a Level 4 Epilepsy Center. This means that our experts provide the highest level care for patients with complex epilepsy. Our patient-centered approach to epilepsy treatment combined with state-of-the-art technology, including robotics and laser ablation, ensure the best possible outcomes for our patients. To learn more or for an evaluation, call 949-966-0243 or visit hogue.org forward slash epilepsy care. All feel like we're the man in the middle, don't we, ladies and gentlemen, listening to KLAA tonight. Man in the middle. America in the middle of war in the Middle East, trying to bridge the gap between our ally Israel and its enemy Hamas. Hamas, ladies and gentlemen, is also our enemy. We're talking how us Americans, we Americans are dealing with this and how it is also dividing us in ways that we should not be divided. People are fighting in the streets and it is unacceptable. It is totally unacceptable. We have to come together and we can, but how do we do that? And here's my question and I want you to listen to this and I hope you call in and talk to me about it because when this horrible war and it is a war. It is not just a skirmish. It is a horrible war. When it ends, and it will, hopefully sooner than later, and frankly that depends on us, and it depends on our other enemies, including Iran. When it ends, you can bet that your tax dollars, ladies and gentlemen, are going to pay to rebuild Gaza. My question is... Are you comfortable with that? Is that in the best interests of the United States? Is it in the best interest of the people of the Middle East, the Gazans in particular, Israel, the world, everyone? But the bill, the majority of the bill, will be footed by you and I. And this country has been decimated. It has been destroyed in great part because of Hamas, and we're going to pay for it. The phone line, 714-2-830-830. Please call in and share your opinion. And again, if you're pro-Palestine or pro-Israel, that doesn't matter. Talk to me. Let's talk about it. Let's get some common ground, if it's at all possible, because we should not be marching in the streets on opposite sides of a boulevard and get into skirmishes and have people on this soil dying like what happened in Westlake Village about a week ago, where a pro-Palestinian man and a pro-Israeli man got into some kind of a skirmish, and the guy fell, hit his head, 
died a couple days later. Should not be happening. So we'll wait for a couple of calls. We'll see if anybody wants to respond to that. And I'm going to move on a little bit, talk about, as I started our, our time together tonight, how the media has really messed this up. My question is, has anybody out there heard a story about Ukraine in the last month? Wasn't it like the opening of the news every single night? Wasn't it the front page of all your newspapers? Wasn't it all over social media? What happened? You did, did the war get solved in Ukraine? Did, did Putin make some kind of a deal? I don't know. It disappeared. What do you think about that? Does it bother you that all of a sudden we've forgotten about something that we were embroiled in? I had to take a. I gotten. I'm. I'm yelling into the microphone. I had to take some water. I'm sorry. I'm getting riled up about this, but it irritates me no end that the story doesn't make any difference anymore. It just went away. Well, it didn't go away. It did not go away. Our Congress is fighting bitterly over Ukraine aid, as you all hopefully are aware. A great deal of money is on the line. President Biden has asked for some $60 billion for aid for Ukraine, another $20 billion for aid for Israel, and another $20 billion for various other things, specifically and at the top of the list, more border security at our southern border, which is a whole other show. It's a whole other problem that we're facing. But back to what's happening, back to what's happening in the Middle East, do you think that this is going to turn into a bigger conflict? A lot of, a lot of citizens, people walk in the streets, everyday people are afraid that a bigger war could happen that could really embroil not just the Middle East, but Europe and the West, America. Is that a possibility? Call me, 714-2-830-830. Are you prepared to go to war to protect the Middle East and our ally Israel? Are you prepared for that? I'll extrapolate it even further. What if we had to go to war to protect Ukraine against the onslaught of Putin and the Russian military. Are you prepared for that? Finally, with the China situation, despite the recent cooling of hostility, hostility between us and China, given the recent conference in San Francisco that had a very positive glow put around it, China is intent on getting Taiwan back. It may take a year. It may take a century. They want it back. Is it possible that they get it back peacefully? No, it is not possible. That is not going to be a peaceful transition. Are you comfortable with that? They are America's major ally, Taiwan. They have been promised our support. Are you comfortable going to war if that happens? You've got Israel. You've got Ukraine. You've got Taiwan. What does the next generation of Americans face? What kind of world are we in? And, and how are we trying to make it better? I'm afraid we're not doing a good job. How can we do better? Call me. Share your thoughts. Tell me how we can make this better. Can our politicians solve it? The answer is they can have a big part in solving it, which is why we need great leadership. We have got to have great leadership. So 2024 is upon us. What are our choices, ladies and gentlemen? What are our choices for 2024? Right now, what does it look like? Looks very much like Joe Biden will run again. And it looks very much like Donald Trump will run again. But it's a year away. A lot can happen. So much can happen. Anything can happen. 
Mysteries can happen. We're going to talk about that in our next half hour. Because we're going to bring on an economist who comes on this show, is an expert, he is a regular on this show, and how the real issues in that election year 2024 are our economy. And our economy affects how we deal with world affairs. And voters, you and I, and voters across this nation, their number one priority in voting is the economy. Are they secure in their jobs? Are they comfortable in their homes? Are their children being raised in a peaceful and wonderful way, as best as they can be? Will they have opportunity in the future? Is Are they happy with the education system? Our caller tonight, Rod, brought up the fact that our education system has really been corrupted over 40 years, and it is not working. That's another show. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our half-hour break, and when we come back, I'm going to introduce you to my, my good friend and my expert in investments and the economy, Ivan Ilan. He will join us, and we will continue this conversation, and we will welcome your calls if you care to join me, and I hope you do, and talk about the economy. Where are we now? How is world affairs affecting us now? How will it affect us next year? Election years are supposed to be positive good years, optimistic years, years of aspirational thinking, and it usually is a good year for the American economy. We have every industry in this nation on strike. What are we going to do about it? This is Bruce Cook. The conversation tonight is between me and you, all of Southern California listening to KLAA. We're going to take our half-hour break. Come back with me. So much more to discuss, so much more to learn, so much more to talk about, and maybe even come to some kind of common ground. Is that possible? I'll be right back. Two minutes, people. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but everyone. Neurosciences Institute at Hogue is ranked in the top 1% in the nation by U.S. News and World Report. It provides world-class care through multidisciplinary expert teams, each focusing on specific disorders of the brain and spine, such as stroke, aneurysms, brain tumors, Parkinson's disease, cognitive disorders including Alzheimer's, epilepsy, back pain, as well as spinal cord issues, addiction medicine, and sleep disorders. Our renowned experts offer the best evidence-based care, state-of-the-art technology, and the latest clinical research, all focused on the individual patient. Our stroke program was the first in Orange County named as a certified comprehensive stroke center, and our brain tumor program is the largest in Orange County and among the top volume programs in the Western United States. Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute. Compassionate care, clinical excellence, creative intelligence. To learn more, call 949-516-9075 or visit hogue.org forward slash neuroinstitute. It is in my mind, ladies and gentlemen, that we've got to make hay here on the radio and, and make a difference. We've got to bring information to you. We've got to excite you. We've got to make you think. I'm trying. I hope I'm succeeding. Anyway, I'm Bruce Cook. It's a conversation tonight. And as I said, the conversation is between me and you in the Southern California listening audience that goes all the way to L.A. and down to North San Diego and out to the Inland Empire and I'm bringing on my very, very good special guest friend. Actually, he's like a co-host because he comes on regularly. His name is Ivan Ilan. He is a wealth advisor, an investment advisor. He's headquartered in Century City, but he's also in New York and Florida and all over the place. His company is called Align Wealth Advisors Investment Management. Let me read a little blurb about him. You've heard him on the show before, but if you don't remember, 
he's he's an impressive guy. So let me read from his uh, his publicist his publicist blurb here because it's all true and it's all good news. Ivan Alon is a Florida is a Florida. There you go. I'm so excited. I've <laughs> he's a Forbes thought leader and best-selling personal finance author. Inspired by his late granddad's career as a leading economist, Ivan began investing at age 13, people. As founder and chief chief investment officer, he crafts the Align Wealth Advisors Investment Management Group into a global macroeconomic forecast and asset allocations for the ACGM Total Portfolio Solutions Suite. Ivan's economic commentary frequently appears in business media around the world. He is a member of CFA Institute, holds the accredited investment uh, uh, fiduciary AIF and certified fund specialist CFS credentials. He earned his BS in finance, BA in philosophy from Boston College. That's pretty good. Ivan, hello. Hello, Bruce. Good to uh, be with you tonight. Listen to that deep, impressive voice, people. That When you have an investment advisor that sounds like that, your money is safe. <laughs> Ivan, what do you think? Is your money safe these days? Or is the economy doing better? We've talked for several years, yeah. and it's been up and down. This week has been pretty yeah. good, I think, but what do you think? You know, it, th- this past week, it reminds me, well, of looking at history, you know, I think you have to look uh, at, at past times when the Federal Reserve has increased the Fed funds rate uh, very rapidly. You have to look at history to see what, what really happened in these prior periods. And, 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 you know, they say history may not repeat, but it often rhymes. There's absolutely some truth to this when it comes to monetary policy and the implementation uh, of monetary policy. By the way, that phrase, monetary policy, really scares people sometimes because it's really cryptic. No one really understands what it is, how it works. So give us, right give, us it, 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 give us more of a definition. Give us more of a definition. You know, I think one of the problems I think that we have in general is that People think the Federal Reserve Bank, the central bank of the United States and central bankers around the world, that these um, entities actually have more control than they really do. In reality, central bankers do not control the markets. They have very few tools in, in reality. They, they, don't, they don't have a very broad suite of tools to manipulate things within an economy. One of the things they do have in the economy is um, something that's called the federal funds rate. This is a rate that a lot of people have heard about. It's the rate that's been uh, rapidly increased over the past year and a half. And, uh, and so people are familiar with it. But essentially, that Fed funds rate is, the, is an overnight lending window between the Federal Reserve Bank and our banking system. And so, you know, nowadays that rate is at around 5.3% plus or minus. And the latest inflation print, you know, was like 3.2%. So right off the bat, you think, wow, maybe these central bankers have actually done the job. It's turned. It's a miracle. It turned around. It seems like it's a miracle. We don't have inflation anymore. Okay. Well, actually, we have a colossus of inflation just over the past three years we have a cumulative compounded growth of inflation and the price level of things in this economy of over 20 percent in just three years that's enough that should be enough number that should be enough to scare americans from coast to coast but it doesn't seem to be happening we've talked about this before Credit card usage is higher than ever. People are buying, they're traveling, they're doing, they're, it's like there's no tomorrow. Meanwhile, yeah. as I, you may have heard it at the transition, if you had connected to the show at that point, I said every industry from mom and pop to General Motors is on strike. 
for better wages because they can't afford to live. They can't meet their monthly expenses. Things are not that perfect. No, hardly. No, we, we're, 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 the thing about talking about monetary policy and, and looking at history and, and getting a sense of, well, how did these things play out in prior periods where we've seen rapid increases in rates? The reality is that it takes a while, and a while usually means around two years before you see the full impact and effects of much higher marketplace interest rates. Well, guess what? We're only about a year and, you know, maybe a, a year and a half, but not even, like a year and a quarter since the Federal Reserve has really, in earnest, begun this rate hike cycle. So, so, so we have not seen the full impact of these, uh, of all of these higher interest rates. Businesses uh, of all sorts have begun to feel the, the pain and the pressure. We have seen record numbers of bankruptcies already start to be filed. Uh, Chapter Eleven. I mean, th- this is this, these are these things are happening. We have seen very few refinancings of existing debt proactively by corporations. What are they going to do? Are they going to go to the marketplace and want to uh, refinance their very low rate into a very high rate? Of course not. Not going to happen. It, 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 that They're not going to do that. So what are they going to do instead? They're going to wait until they're up against the wall. This is what CFOs do. And then they're going to go to the CEO and they're going to say, hey, guy uh, or gal, we cannot, we can't pay the bill. So uh, you got to lay off you know, 20% of your, of your, uh, of the staff, right? Because, uh, the quickest lever that any corporation has is its payrolls. And, and it can, and that's, that this is the other piece that, that I uh, unfortunately think a lot of people are, are in denial about, uh, which is not, which is not good. And, and obviously they've been spending and, and continuing to, uh, you know, behave as, as really nothing has changed, but we have had a paradigm shift in the interest rate environment. Uh, extremely well put, Ivan. Uh, I personally find it rather shocking that even the average Joe doesn't see this. Uh, is it in our human nature to live each day to the best and the fullest and not think about tomorrow? I I, I frankly can't yeah. figure it out. I cannot figure well, it out. You know, there, there's a whole study in, in economics called behavioral finance, behavioral economics. And, and in this study, we actually have multiple terms of different types of uh, psychological and behavioral uh, issues when it comes to money. Um, at, you know, human beings really modern man is kind of uh, it hasn't been around for a million years it's you know a few thousand years but the the human um, body has evolved over you know call it several hundred thousand years into you know modern man our brains are hardwired in a particular way you know they're hardwired for uh, fight or flight and uh, you know you're going into the jungle and you're going to go find some some food you, you you find a target. You're hungry. You got to feed you know your family. So you go. You got to go kill an animal. You got to go. You got to go feed the family. So you're in fight mode. Uh, if you're under attack from that animal, all of a sudden now you're in flight mode. Well, that very basic uh, behavioral instinct actually translates to the finance world, and we call it fear and greed. And so greed is. When you're feeling bold, and you're maybe you're making very bad decisions, but that's that's when you're fighting, and and that's the equivalency hardwired in our amygdala part of our brain, and and so greed is sometimes, uh, and maybe more often than not, uh, a very um, ill-informed uh, pursuit. What do you think? And fear what? and fear is the opposite of that. Where yeah, you're, go ahead. You, know, you really are running and hiding. What do you think is going to happen when those two very human frailties 
kick in and they spread like wildfire among our our cherished American landscape? Well, um, I, I think everyone should be looking at the kinds of things that uh, the kinds of decisions that corporations are are making right now. And a lot of people, I think, are, are starting to get wind of this because only just recently, last month, are we starting to see retail sales start to cool off a bit. And and it was a big cool off and, and very abrupt. And so there, 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 there's going to be indications. Uh, you, you see it with new hiring and all of the slowdown in hiring and, and uh, jobs in the marketplace that are available. There's now many less jobs available. Remember uh, several months ago, maybe you know, nine, 12 months ago, you and I were talking about uh, the, 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 this plethora of jobs that were in the marketplace that were not being filled. I mean, millions right, and millions of jobs right. that were all these job posts that were just out there. And, and they couldn't find the people for them. Well, all those posts are gone. Nobody's hiring those positions anymore. So, so all of these available jobs in the marketplace have just vanished into thin air as, because they're certainly not going to be hiring people. Now they're really, they're really concerned about uh, whether they're going to be able to afford to keep all of these folks on staff. And, and certainly um, that's, that's something the Federal Reserve is actually keen on seeing. That the why is that? Why is that? Because, uh, because until you see unemployment, demand at an aggregate level in the economy does not come down enough to put a true lid on inflation. And as a matter of fact, because you have so much cumulative inflation over the past three years, this you know 20 plus percent, you actually, as a Federal Reserve banker, you want to actually see deflation, meaning you want to see the price of things decline, Drop. actually go negative. And all we're seeing right now is disinflation, which is the rate of inflation decreasing, but it's still inflation. We still have this growth on growth. That 20%, so, that 20 over yeah. three years, and correct me if I'm totally wrong, is really an aggregate. Some sectors, yeah. it's far more than 20%. Absolutely S correct. Specifically Absolutely housing, correct. housing, real estate, rental prices, buying prices. Nobody can afford to rent or buy. I was reading something today uh, in the Financial Times talking about uh, Deutsche Bank, which has just uh, essentially sold uh, one of their financial district buildings in lower Manhattan, something they bought just in 2014, you know, not a hundred years ago, just in 2014, you know, less than a decade ago. And they are selling it for a $350 million loss. They bought it for half a billion dollars. And, um, and of course, there's a lot of money out there in private equity and, and there's cash in these, you know, big investment funds. Uh, they they cannot. Uh, they can't, there's a 31 percent um, occupancy rate in that building. And they what does that bill. say that people are not paying attention to? <laughs> well, the world has changed. The world has absolutely changed uh, in in a, in a way that is totally endemic in our society now. People do not. Uh, go to the office every single day anymore. There, you know, a lot of companies, even our own, my own firm, you know, Mondays and Fridays, we have uh, employees who commute in from far distances. They can work from home. And so it, what it really means is so many corporations are now reducing their footprints significantly because you don't have to have a space for every single employee every single day of the week. And this is a permanent structural shift and so only so many buildings are going to be able to be converted into residential buildings. But that is, that's the big pivot that's underway. And uh, the, many, many, many. The mm -hmm. end story of that is uh, way down the road. Ivan, yeah. we need to take our quarter-hour break. We're a little past that time. Ladies and gentlemen, Ivan Alon, Bruce Cook, conversation, important topics, your money. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
the Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute, Hoag's Neurospine program offers innovative methods to reduce pain, inflammation, and improve mobility safely and effectively, often without surgery. Should you need surgery, Hoag is a leader with minimally invasive techniques, 3D imaging, and robotics to restore your golf swing or your swing dance. Many of our patients go home in just a few hours, walking the very next day. Call our dedicated nurse navigator at 949-537-2931 for an evaluation or visit hoag.org forward slash spinehealth. We are turning the magic on, people. It's Bruce Cook, the conversation with Ivan Ilan, and with all of you listening to KLAA tonight. Ivan, in our last 10 minutes together on the air, the first thing I want to ask you about is the election coming in 2024. We're coming into that year. I brought it up earlier in the show. Election years are supposed to be good years for the economy. And the other part of it I want to know your opinion on isn't the economy always the number one prime issue in any election in this nation? Uh, yes, it is. I think it was the it was James Carville. Remember that strategist, that right? Of course. Guy, yeah. And he said, "It's the economy, stupid." Exactly. I mean, this, 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 this is what it. This is what every election always comes down to. People will vote with their wallets, and and if the wallet is feeling pinched. They will they will make some changes. And so this is actually one of the things to be a little bit concerned about because we've already seen such aggressive spending. Uh, you may you may find some some big gifts being <laughs> doled out to uh, Americans in 2024, which, of course, many have become used to receiving big gifts and and, and uh, you know, prize money, essentially, for being a, a U.S. citizen. Uh, because the pandemic was was a, a really good time of of taking uh, you know these types of receipts, so uh, I wouldn't put it past uh, either the current administration or you know a Congress that is uh, more de- democratic majority to actually introduce uh, types of bills and uh, you know and helicopter money essentially that, that can come in, especially if you see the uh, payrolls contract very rapidly because of the scenario um, that I had discussed earlier with these higher rates and these refinance rates. Corporations are going to be laying off people. People are going to be out of work. And you could actually see the government say, oh, yeah, you know that deal that we had during the pandemic where if you went on unemployment, you get this extra kicker subsidy? Yeah, we're going to, we're going to do that again. And, you know, um, and this and this is like the crate. This is totally it's just craziness. Because you know what? There's there's no fiscal responsibility with that at all. Well, we've we've seen that. And you know what? Since you brought it up, I'm going to get myself in big trouble because the economy is the primary issue. And we're talking about the people's money. The government collects money from all of us and all of our businesses in order to take care of business but they've become a social engineering firm mm. i this is i the calls can't come in because our show's almost over i propose and it's not original to me you do not get to vote in this country unless you pay and file a tax return and i don't care if it's a dollar in taxes you pay or a million dollars in taxes you have skin in the game because government in this in this nation and this time is all about distributing the people's money and and your money and your signature is on that line in the ballot box how horrible is that interesting idea it's a very interesting idea bruce because it's actually one of the fundamental ideas of the formation of this country which was no representation no taxation without representation exactly this is a very fundamental uh belief you know, of the founding fathers. And so 
to to uh, you know to put that in in, in a current uh, context is not un- unreasonable. It's it's just highly politically uh, perhaps impossible uh, because we're just so far away from from that kind of mindset at a society level. Uh, but it's a great idea, and it's rooted in a reality of fiscal responsibility. Um, but we're so far from from that as a, as a guide at this point, uh, you know, in our in our world. Well, the thought was that elections should be free to all and free to people that uh, are marginalized in society, free to people of color, free to immigrants that may be working in the country and and uh, contributing to society. Well. Those people, even non-citizens, if it's if they're doing legitimate business, they are paying taxes on those monies. So mm-hmm. they're not being excluded from a, an election system that says you have to be a taxpayer, but they have to be responsible like everybody else in order to understand why they're paying taxes and where the money is going. Anyway, enough yeah. of that soap opera. As we have mm-hmm. a, a last minute together, uh, share share how people can reach you, Ivan. Yeah, they can give my office a call at 310-795-0622, 310-795-0622, or uh, go to our website, alignwealth.com, A-L-I-G-N-E, wealth.com, and we'd be happy to continue the conversation. Listen, it's always great to have you on. I hope you'll come back often. I, I appreciate everything you have to share. I hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving, and Same to you, ladies and gentlemen listening. It's Thanksgiving week. You better celebrate. Take the message to heart. We need to do that. We really need to do that. Good luck to everyone. Bring that family together. Bring your friends together. And celebrate the joy of the season. And don't forget to come back and listen to me on Angels Radio Sunday nights at 6 o'clock. It's my honor to be here. Ivan, thank you so much. Goodbye, everybody. Good night. Good week. You've been listening to The Bruce Cook Conversation. Hear The Bruce Cook Conversation on Sundays at 6 p.m. Pacific on AM830 KLAA. And hear the podcasts of every show on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public.